Hi, welcome to Shaman Sister Sessions, episode 107. And this episode is called How Not to Be a Spiritual Asshole. So <laughs> I guess we have to make this episode seems like a strange thing, but it feels like we do. I'm Catherine Bird, and I'm here with Michelle Hawk, my shaman sister. And uh, go ahead and subscribe and like and get ready to share and all of the amazing things that you know what to do. Uh, go ahead and do those. And anything else, Michelle, I'm supposed to say at the top of the podcast here. I feel like we haven't done this in so long. We've been on a break for the last month. I've been moving and setting up my new temple space here in Santa Fe. And I, we, we took off a month to give space for those changes and transformations. So welcome back. And I hope that this last month, if you are on our list of watching as you go, you got to catch up on some of the other 106 episodes that we have on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, all the places and uh, have, have gotten to tune into some different things. Mm -hmm. Hi, Michelle. Hello. <laughs> Speaking of your beautiful new temple space, everybody just, uh, Kat, say something and so people can have another look at that. Yay, it's so beautiful. I'm so happy. Uh, I just finished painting this beautiful gold wall and setting up my space where I can do my practices and meditations here, and it's just felt amazing, incredible. If you can't see it, you can imagine it being beautiful. And I have my tea set, my Chinese Gong Fu tea set over here to my left and lots of candles and crystals and everything and more art and uh, more to come for sure. And it, uh, it, I must say that this has been a dream. It's been a fantasy of mine to have a space like this, that's this large, that's this devoted to my spiritual practice and my work. And I had an intensive client come this last weekend. And so we got to be in here. Uh, we got to sit and have tea together after we did like on the table, hands-on work. And it was incredible and such such, I feel just so grateful and such a blessed experience to be able to have this space I've dreamed of for so long. And what a difference it makes to have a space that's devoted to your practice and have a space that's devoted to what it is you're calling in. And it just makes it so easy to know that this is where I'm going to come in the morning and sit down and, or I'm going to do my Qigong and I'm going to roll around on the floor and stretch and I have my yoga swing and I'm going to do all of these practices here. And uh, to know that this is where I'm going to come in the evening and sit before I go to bed. And so you might not have access to a whole space, but to have something uh, some place that is a marker and a designated um, space for your practice is really important. So if I must you, feel like we're shifting gears a little bit into a creating <laughs> temple space in your home. Episode. Creating temple space in your home. So we'll we'll have to bookmark that, and absolutely, maybe we can um, you know have a little tour of your temple space. And I, I feel like people haven't seen my temple space either. No. Uh, 
um, the one wall. So maybe that'll have to be a, a future yeah. episode of giving a tour of, of the Shaman Sisters. Um, right. Maybe that. Yeah. Okay. So there we have our, we have another episode topic that we're going to, to bring in for you guys and give you a tour of, of how we, how we do things awesome. uh, in our, in our spaces, uh, which, which might help. I think that there's a lot of people who sometimes don't know what to do like, Oh, okay. Well I should like have an altar and what does that look like? And what do I put on there and how do I maintain it? And so, yeah, we'll sounds, sounds like a good one. We'll do that. (laughs) Put on the list. Anyway, back, back to our topic for today, uh, shifting gears once again, a little bit, um, how to not be a spiritual asshole what does first of all like it's kind of a bummer that we even have to record this episode right you know just like you're saying Kat it's a little bit like what what does that even mean and yet you know I know the inspiration from from this episode came from us seeing people posting and writing a lot of really stupid shit about under the guise of spirituality and under the guise of um, you know some type of next level consciousness mindset and yet it ends up causing harm and being hurtful and coming across like a total asshole move. So we're going to invite you into conversation with us about some of that today and look at what are some of the ways in which we might be inadvertently being total spiritual assholes um, and or maybe we see people doing this and some of the implications of that and then how to not do that and what to do instead and what to say instead. So that's Mm -hmm. where this is coming from today. Yeah. I have to say, Michelle, totally off topic, but you look great. You're like super tan and buff. And like, if you can't see her (laughs) online, uh, if you're on, you know, Spotify or something, if you can't see her, she looks amazing. She's like super fit and tan and it's definitely summer in in Portland. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I mean, all I've been doing lately is like working out and paddle boarding and walking my dog and serving my existing clients. You probably haven't heard a whole lot from me because I haven't really been writing much lately. So I am, you know, serving the people who do come to me, but yeah, I've got guns now. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Yeah. Feeling good. I just was out on the river early this morning. So I am definitely like extra sun kissed as well. Yeah. Okay. Back to being a spiritual, that was being spiritually, spiritually uh, not an asshole. Uh Uh, Recognizing when your friends look amazing and saying so. but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, uh, and maybe you've seen it, maybe you've experienced it, and it it can be really troubling because it might be coming from somebody that you respect, or it might be coming from someone who you've seen their posts or their writing or um, tuned in with them about certain things, and you're like, oh yeah, this person seems to really be spiritual and have their shit together and um, is saying things that are in alignment with higher consciousness and then something comes at you in a certain way. And this can be really, um, it can be really debilitating for people because oftentimes we do put spiritual teachers and leaders and so on on a bit of a pedestal. And we start to see that maybe they, maybe they, aren't human and that they um, are above us, that, you know, they're better or different. And then because we are taking in their words, we're, we're taking in the teachings to hopefully better ourselves. And so they have a, a, a weight and a power and an influence 
And so often people who even kind of strive to have that weight and power and influence, then once they have it, aren't always being super conscious about the way that that weight and power is affecting others and affecting the world and being a bit uh, sort of self-centered and self-absorbed in the way that they're communicating things. Mm -hmm. So um, where do we want to start with this, Michelle? Do we want, like Yeah, I, I think I want to start with um, perhaps some intention behind this because from what I've seen, and I have seen um, some instances of people in positions where they have a platform or they have an audience or they're accustomed to having a certain level of, um, of influence in their communication. Um, I don't think that these people are out to hurt anybody. I really don't think that they're out to deliberately cause harm. I think it's coming from a place of carelessness and often in cases of privilege, right? You know, there's, let's also look at the, um, you know, a lot of the people that we're talking about of these kind of neo-spiritual practitioners and thought leaders and coaches and whatever happen to be a lot of white people who are in this very privileged group, Kat and myself included, you know, mm -hmm. knowing that we're, we have a certain level of income and a certain level of education and growing up with certain privileges, et cetera, you know, we're not exempting ourselves from that, but knowing that uh, a lot of harm and a lot of, um, of unintended damage can come from thoughtlessness when we're not being impeccable and educated about the implications of what we're saying. So I, I do want to say that, that um, there is a lot of intersection. And some of the, the examples that I have seen have taken place in the context of the Black Lives Matter movement, the volume being turned up way, way high on that now. And also in terms of the COVID situation, those are kind of the two big areas where I've been seeing a lot of this lately. But this is not a new thing. I will say no. that the things that we're talking about have been going on for a long time, just in terms of um, the way in which people are twisting spiritual language and spiritual concepts to accomplish either a certain marketing goal or to um, accomplish a certain tone with their messaging. This is a lot of um, advertising, messaging, copywriting, or message like conversation where we're seeing a lot of these things. And I'm betting once we start naming some of them, you'll recognize them too. Mm -hmm. um, but also uh, I was seeing this in, um, from our, our masculine, from our male counterparts uh, in relationship to uh, when women are coming out and talking about things and uh, talking about sexual abuse and sexual trauma and, uh, uh, you know, being in that space that also was, was pretty prevalent last year. So that was just another space where I was seeing a lot of this. Yeah. In the Me Too movement. That's a really good point. Absolutely. And it's so easy to kind of get caught up in the moment of where we are now, right? Like, Oh, the oh remember back. last year when we were yeah. <laughs> when we had this other big thing going on? Oh well, now we're we're really focused over here. Right. Um, but it's about so many things. Like we can see it in the realms of COVID, but also politics in the realms of uh, all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there it it's everywhere, and it can happen on social media really easily. Uh, and, but it's also happening in retreats and workshops and uh, events and community gatherings and all kinds of places. And, and even in session work with people, uh, mm -hmm. because I know 
Um, I, I know you, Michelle, probably have experienced that where somebody comes and tells you about their experience with the practitioner and you're like, oh, hmm. okay. <laughs> wow, that didn't really seem to help you to have that opinion on you. But right. okay, let's... The, uh, <laughs> the internal cringe experience of trying not to be like, are you fucking kidding me out loud to the client? Yeah. Right, like, I can't believe somebody said that to you. Okay, right. so let's, let's talk a little bit more deeply about what it is, some, like, maybe some examples of what we're talking about, maybe some places that we're seeing this, this raise its head. Yeah, um, one of the biggest ones that I feel like has come up in in terms of conversation before in this podcast, I feel like I talk about it a lot because it really ticks me off is what I call law of attraction shaming, where someone distorts, right? And, and we know what the law of attraction is, right? Of like, okay, if you hold a certain frequency or you're thinking about a certain frequency, then you're going to attract that to you, right? And we know that this principle, it is an energetic principle based in correspondence and resonance, right? So knowing that like supports like, um, which is one of the principles of homeopathy and principle of correspondence that we see in alchemy that we see in lots of different traditions, right? Like this does have an actual energetic root and yet distorting that principle of, uh, of the law of attraction shaming to make it be essentially this, this comes out as your life sucks or your whatever isn't the way that you want it because you're not doing a good enough job of holding this frequency, right? Like you're, you're not making enough money because you haven't worked on your abundance consciousness or your health isn't the way that you want it to be because you're not in the mindset of, of health and vitality, right? So it ends up distorting this, um, you know, this universal principle of resonance and, and harmonious alignment and correspondence to be this really shamey, blamey, weird, um, this weird judgy thing that completely overlooks all of these other factors involved. The reality is that we are so complicated and we live in a, a very complex multi-dimensional world that is constantly under influence of many different vibrations. So to say to someone, you're not making enough money or you're, you know, you're in this poverty mindset or you're not making enough money because you have a poverty mindset. Like, completely ignoring all of these other factors involved that that are contributing to that on the physical level meaning in terms of um, education and job opportunity and race and gender and all of these things and on the um, emotional intellectual consciousness level and on the spiritual level right in terms of yeah there might be some money mindset beliefs about there or there might be some simple education involved and someone doesn't know how to make a budget right or there could be poverty consciousness carried down through the generations and as a lineage thing. But to gloss over all of that and draw this correlation is completely inappropriate and really a, a very harmful distortion of that energetic principle. Right, because it diminishes the other person. It in some way locks them into a, a, a further deepening into a belief pattern that maybe they do have, maybe they are in poverty consciousness, but this can actually anchor that more deeply into their system because it starts to create more thoughts around that and starts to, they start to label themselves as that and be like, oh, this is the thing I have to work on. This is the thing that I am. This is my cross to bear. This is my karma. This is my whatever. And um, it's, it's not inspiring 
it's not inspiring them to something that is creative and, oh, this part of um, being in touch with money, maybe that's seemed really foreign to you, but here's like a fun way to engage with it, or here's an interesting way to think about it, or here's a way to be inspired about how to get new clients or, you know, all of these different things that we can help people to basically change, like change their poverty consciousness, change their mindset about something in a very positive way. Like we don't have to beat the shit out of people to get them to change. We don't have to shame them into change. But we've been taught in America a lot of times, especially, that shame is a great way to get people to change their, you know, their way of being because that's what we were done in school, right? If you weren't doing good in school, the teacher would shame you and hope that you would get better. Yeah. And unfortunately, it ends up crystallizing in the identity structure a lot. And Kat, that's basically what we were saying in a lot of these circumstances. And it's sometimes people do this accidentally, right? Like oh, I've definitely I lost your this. I lost your um your audio. Hello. Oh, you there you're me? back. They're back. Okay. I don't. Okay. <laughs> right, um, but I, I can think of an example in particular where I did that completely unintentionally, where I wasn't trying to create a shameful experience, and yet it ended up kind of crystallizing in this person's identity. I was doing a, a session on a friend, and um, just an energy clearing and a chakra balance, and I said to him, "Oh, your root chakra is a little, um, a little unstable." right? And so your root chakra isn't fully activated. And what I meant was right now in this moment, your root chakra is needing some extra attention. But he took that to mean kind of as a permanent basis that his root chakra was always off and that there was something wrong with him. And so then, you know, the next time I saw him months later, uh, he was saying something to me about like, oh yeah, I know that you said my root chakra is off. So I, I just always, you know, make sure, and it ended up having like a really kind of happy side effect. He was like, I always like, I talk to trees and I do gardening. And like, so he ended up putting a lot of work into his root chakra because of what I had said, but it had landed as this kind of crystallizing in his identity structure that quote, you know, there's something wrong with right. my root chakra, even though that's not at all what I meant. Right. And this is a really easy way to be a spiritual asshole is to tell people things about themselves that they're going to anchor into their identity uh, that you might not think that this is going to have this huge effect on them. And this is especially true for my brilliant psychic friends and my people who do readings. Um, a lot of times, especially if you do readings and you're not actually giving them any sort of like, here's something, a way to work with this so that you can improve this thing, then a lot of times people will go away. And then from then on, they're like, well, this person said this about me. So that's who I am. And that's what I carry. That's what I'm holding. That's what I am. That's who I am. And this keeps people in a stuck space sometimes and it's not intentional generally we we as practitioners have that higher awareness and understanding that here is some information that i'm giving you so that you can actually work on your shit but people who don't come from our background kind of think oh here's some information that is now the truth yeah, I want to yes and this, right? Because another way to be a spiritual asshole is to give people just enough information that it causes some disruption 
without actually giving them the support or tools or techni techniques for them to be able to work with it. Right. right. So like an example of that would be telling someone that they have an entity attachment and then saying, okay, bye. Yeah. Happens all the time. Yeah. All the time. Do I hear from people who say some practitioner said that I have this, or I have these negative spirits attached to me, or somebody at a party said that I have, you know, this thing, I have this dark hole in my gut or like all of these pieces. Well, that's just going to freak somebody out. So if you don't have some sort of uh, practices, support, healing work, or somebody to refer somebody to is also fine and valid, then um, it's not often very helpful to be telling people really uh, charged, intense things about themselves if they don't have a pathway to actually deal with what you're telling them is going on. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really, a really good way to be a spiritual asshole. And I, I would actually even argue that in those cases, it can be more harmful to share that information than to not share that information. And I know um, I used to like back, you know, years and years ago, when I was kind of at the beginning of, um, you know, flexing my psychic muscles, so to speak, I used to operate on the, the principle that if I receive information, it is supposed to be shared. And then, you know, and this was like, I don't know what, 10, 12 years ago, right? And I've definitely done a lot of grow, growing since then. And now my perspective on that is that I, as a human teacher, Michelle, have a, a responsibility to make in terms of perspective and judgment and discernment in whether this piece of information that I'm receiving from source would be helpful and supportive to share with this person. Mm -hmm. you know, and depending on the context, depending on, you know, a whole bunch of factors, a, whether or not I have permission, right? Like a lot of people, you know, especially kind of our newbie psychic friends, it's sort of the like, oh, if I, you know, if I'm at a party and I get a message for somebody or I see something about them, like I'm just supposed to tell them, right? Right. Consent is sexy, even in the psychic realms. <laughs> yes. Consent, uh, success, sexy and necessary, right? It is absolutely vital to ask permission of like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, whether, or do you have any type of relationship with this person? Do you have any type of context upon which you are um, inviting further conversation? Because psychic information is really intimate. It's a very, mm -hmm. um, it's a very personal thing. And it can be, in fact, more harmful and more disruptive to share some of that information without having a relationship, without having a conversation, without having a container, and without having a supportive, actionable pathway for that person to feel empowered and activated and excited by that information instead of scared and overwhelmed and, um, and somehow crystallizing it or internalizing it as a harmful self belief or self image. Right. Because, uh, if you don't actually know someone, you don't know them, like you don't know their support system. You don't know what's going on at home. You don't know if they have practitioners that they're able to see. You don't know what their financial situation is around that. You don't know what their practices and you don't know anything, right? You don't know if they're mentally unstable and they're going to go with this in a way that's going to cause extreme harm to them. Uh, and you know, this is a, a pretty big learning point for, for practitioners. And this is something that I talk about a lot in my channeling programs in, and in the healership programs is that there is a huge responsibility that comes with receiving information. And a lot of times people don't take on, don't think, 
through the ethics of what they're doing. That am, am, is what I'm doing truly ethical? And, or am I just, you know, showing off? Am I taking advantage of my ability? Am I trying to get love? Am I trying to get attention? Am I trying to heal the world? Am I trying to help people? But I haven't actually been asked. Um, those are really deep inquiry questions that we have to ask. Just because there is a skill, an ability, doesn't mean that that inner work, the ethical work, the self-reflection work, the boundary work has been done. So skill often pops up and then we have to go through this whole uh, journey of figuring out how to work with that skill in an ethical aligned way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so with that, you know, as we're kind of looking at, okay, here are ways to be a spiritual asshole. What we would do instead is do what Kat is talking about of cultivating that inner integrous process and the, the process of discernment and being able to filter information through our own personal system. And here I, I want to add, because I think, you know, for, for all of us who love channeling and who love connecting with our spirit guides and teachers and having these psychic awarenesses, the, the guides and the information, the psychic information that we're getting isn't necessarily run through an earth filter slash I can pretty much guarantee that it's not. If it's coming from a spirit guide, you know, in, in the non-embodied realms, things work a little differently. So yeah, okay, so here's a piece of information. But again, to translate that, that's part of the job of the practitioner is translating that into a physical context. And it is, um, you know, part of your responsibility to not be an asshole, to have this be a clear channel so that you can make that judgment call, right? And, and so doing what Kat was talking about in terms of your internal ethical investigation and practicing discernment and knowing, um, you know, what is in highest alignment. Sometimes we don't know you know, I will be totally honest with that and say, sometimes we have no idea. And sometimes, you know, it's, I definitely have had moments of sitting on a piece of intuitive information of like, for a while being like, okay, what do I do with this? What is my responsibility as a practitioner? What is my responsibility in relationship to this person? But don't take for granted that you have to share it. Don't take for granted that you have to keep it to yourself. Um, having, just having a buffer and having some inquiry is going to help a lot, no matter what situation that you're in, of just take a moment before you share things and mm -hmm. run it through your filter. Yeah. And, you know, there's plenty of times where I've gotten something and been like, this is my read on this person. And, and having to, just, you know, sit with it and be like, okay, well, is that going to help them if I tell them that? Is that, is that going to be helpful information? And don't be afraid to take some space. Don't be afraid to take some time with what you're getting. Uh, not everything has to come straight out of your mouth. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a really important one. I recently just, this, this is in my Healer's Process book. And then yesterday I was having a conversation with a practitioner about this. And then I got on Facebook and my memory from three years ago is about this topic. So it's important right now. So underline it and highlight it that this is something to pay attention to. And on the other side of that, if someone comes up to you and tells you something at a party, take it with a grain of salt. Do not, do not take on what someone else is, is offering you. There are a lot of people out there who have very awakened psychic centers who are very ungrounded 
um, who see entities everywhere, who are not necessarily going to give you the support or the guidance that you need to be able to deal with what they're talking about. Find a practitioner you really love, you really respect, you really tune in, in with, and yeah, do some work. But really, if somebody's just offhandedly giving you a diagnosis uh, or you know, giving you something that seems really heavy, you know, have a second opinion, tune in with yourself, don't freak out, breathe, uh, you're probably fine. And uh, if, if this is something that you've come across, I would suggest going back to, we did a couple of episodes about entities, uh, probably within the last 20 or, or 30 episodes about you have an, if you have an entity attachment or you don't have an entity attachment. And you probably um, don't have one, but in case you do, yeah. Right, so I, I would go back to those if, if this is something that's, that's coming up for you. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, so what are other ways that people can be a spiritual asshole? We have the law of attraction shaming and we have sharing information inappropriately. Well, also on the shaming ticket, we have this sort of victim shaming that goes around that if it's the same as a law of attraction in some ways, but that basically that if something bad has happened to you, then you have created that by being in that vibration, by having that thought, by not being high vibe enough, by... Uh, calling it in with your karma by your past life where you did this horrible thing um, by the, how else do you know you yeah whatever it is you called in and you created this horrible experience that you've had in your life so you are to blame for your reality is sort of a, a little tagline on that one mm -hmm. you're to blame for your reality <laughs> right. Awesome. That is a, a, a healthy, not a healthy, that is a, um, a helpful intersection there to look at those in conjunction with each other. To that, I want to add um, another way to be a spiritual asshole is to make assumptions about um, what is more evolved or less evolved. I'm doing air quotes on this in case you're listening, right? So looking at, um, uh, you know, money is one example of this. Like, oh, if you are more evolved and you are more following your bliss and you're more in alignment, you will make more money, right? Like there's this assumption that those things go mm -hmm. together, um, that wealth consciousness and abundance consciousness is somehow a hallmark of a, a more, uh, more consciously developed, awakened person. And that right. if you're not making money that you somehow must be less evolved. Um, so there's that really weird. Yeah, it's strange. It's become this very strange aspect of our spiritual communities that wealth equals consciousness and equals evolution. And uh, I'm not quite so sure. Uh, Michelle and I have talked about this quite a bit. And at one point I was like, you know, does it, does it really mean that I am more spiritually evolved if I am able to generate more wealth? Or does it really mean that I'm more spiritually evolved if neither of it matters? If that isn't the thing that's, that's triggering me and causing me to have stress or causing me to, you know, be focused on this part of my life to the um, detriment of the other parts of my life, the, the actual spiritual parts of my life. Uh, this is a, this is an inquiry that we each get to make for ourselves, but that if, so, if you feel, if you're feeling like super shamed out there over this whole wealth consciousness 
thing. Like, eh, let, like maybe just loosen up the energy around that a little bit. Like let that go a little bit. Yeah. If you want to make more money, great. And more power to you and, you know, do what you need to do to make that happen. But if it's spiraling you out of control into um, really deep places of pain, then maybe there's, there's, you know, another path that would feel more creative and inspiring for you. Yeah. And this same principle can be applied to really any other system of hierarchy or like assigned some sort of arbitrary value of which is the more evolved or the less evolved version on the scale, right? So we have the financial scale. Um, we also have like vegan, veganism or a plant-based diet, right? right. Like who all, who all knows a self-righteous <laughs> asshole vegan out there? <laughs> raising your hand. And, and my favorite joke, or one of my favorite jokes is, okay, so you go to a party and how do you know if someone's vegan? <laughs> I don't know. How do you know? Oh, they'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong like I love my vegan friends like I my roommate is vegan and she's wonderful and she's a total non-asshole about it but like there are definitely those people I I, I eat animal products it works with my body I've done a lot of careful consideration around it I feel good about my choice I make conscious choices in terms of how I'm engaging with eating animal protein but it the whole judgment-based system of there is one way to be more evolved with your diet with your money with your relationship choices like the whole poly is more evolved than monogamy thing that's another uh, way that we oh gosh yeah that's one <laughs> right and then somehow if you're you know if you're like you know anywhere on this scale where you're like super poly or you're super monogamous or you're anywhere in between like if you're somehow anything less than super poly it must mean that you're less evolved or less conscious or less loving and so, or that one, let's see, money, food. But health. also like psychic ability, like if you are super, if you see things, and it, this has a lot to do with seeing, people often take this one on. If you see things, then that means you're super conscious and evolved. Right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it would be an asshole move of me to say that that makes me more evolved, for example, than cat who feels things and is very kinesthetically oriented in her psychic ability. Right. Amazingly psychic. And I see things, but you know, not like Michelle sees things. So basically, <laughs> you know, if we are setting ourselves apart and we are seeing anyone else as being less than, that's not actually being spiritual. Like, being spiritual, being psychically attuned, being having ability or skill does not mean that you are any better than any other human on this planet. And so often what we see is that I'm woke and you're a muggle and I know what's going on. I can see behind the veil. I can go to the fifth dimension. I know who my guides are. I'm connected to the galactic realm. I can take more medicine than you. Like whatever it is that somehow that there's this competition on humaning and there isn't. You are where you're at. Bravo. Great. Amazing. Keep working on yourself because you're not there yet. No, none of us are. And there, there, this other person, 
these other people on our planet, no matter how much we're like, what is wrong with you? They're where they are. They're in their evolutionary cycle, in their growth, in their place where, where they're at. And we're all, you know, that whole idea of we are one <laughs> does not just mean the people that you like. <laughs> we are all of us one. And all of us, you know, all of these other people that you don't like, like they're represented inside of you as much as you don't want to admit that and want to escape to another dimension. Like we're all in this together and none of us are better than anyone else. And we forget that because we're like, oh, well, but I'm so much better because I know these things and I'm so much better because I've been exposed to these things. Well, that's a mark of privilege. If you have been exposed to spiritual teachings, if you have read books that tell you that fast food is full of crap, if you have uh, been able uh, to travel to a foreign country and trek into the jungle for two weeks and take medicine with indigenous people, you are privileged. Part of the deal. Because most people on the planet don't have access to those things. It's not, it's nowhere within their field that that even exists. Yeah. So removing the whole more evolved, less evolved, more conscious, less conscious completely from your consideration is a, is a good way to not be a spiritual asshole. Um, and that even goes, I, I'll extend that even beyond the human realm, right? Like I, I talk with people every now and then who somehow or somehow end up saying something along the lines of like, um, oh, maybe, you know, maybe this dog or this animal like did something bad in the previous life. So they got demoted. <laughs> I said that, I said that last week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you joking. I was joking, but I was like, there's a donkey near my house and I drive by the donkey and he's so cute and he's so little, but he's so alone. And I just, my heart breaks every time I see this donkey. And I was on the phone with Michelle and we were driving down the road. I saw the donkey and I was like, oh, this poor donkey. Oh, he's bad, such bad karma. Such bad karma, this donkey. <laughs> uh, right? But like, I know you were joking. <laughs> actually think this right of like oh somehow like being an animal is less evolved than being a human right and humans are the pinnacle of spiritual evolution and blah, 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 right I want to just spit all over that idea because you know if y'all know any like truly like heart connected animals there's no fucking way we're more evolved than they are <laughs> but we're we're all getting our lessons we're all on the path in one way or another we're all in different places and the more that we can this this is about cultivating compassion and spiritual skill or gift or psychic whatever or energetic ability if it's not married into a consistent devotion into developing a more compassionate heart what's the accomplishment that we're getting mm -hmm. yeah so that's how not to be a spiritual asshole <laughs> love it okay what um and all of these that we've been talking about are sort of existing in general in in life right like none of these are unique to covid or black lives matter or me too or anything these are things that we've been seeing for a long time they're hallmark asshole spiritual asshole moves what have we been seeing more recently 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, so one thing, cause I was talking about the men and, and so on, but just this like sort of an inability to put your, put yourself in someone else's shoes and inability to just be present with someone else has had a radically different life experience than me. Someone's current life experience is really different. Um, and to be able to have that experience, right? That's like the essence of empathy. You know, we run around talking about, oh, I'm such an empath. I can't even be around people because I just feel so many things and it hurts me so much. And I just don't even want to, like, I don't know why they're protesting because it's really hurting my soul because I feel everything so deeply. Right. <laughs> it's not about you. Like, stop. Well, and also, you know, this, like, I've, I've seen people write or seen people vocalize what you just said, right? Of like, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's this total like that's such an asshole move seriously of like i'm an empath and this disruption you know looking at um like oh the black lives matter movement and the protests are creating disruption and violence in my psychic field and so i wish people would just stop protesting already because it's uncomfortable for me major asshole alert (laughs) not okay people not okay and it's you know completely um, again, just ignoring other people's lived experience. It's a complete inability to have empathy, right? This is also a very shamanic thing that we're talking about, of like the ability to hold multiple truths and multiple realities at the same time. It's a very shamanic practice and ability. Um, and yet, you know, you don't need to be super highly developed in your spiritual practice to do that. You just need to be able to imagine that something else might also be true at the mm-hmm. same time as you are having your true experience. Yeah, I think that's really important. And what something that I've seen, I have never seen such asshole behavior from any group of people than the spiritual people in my community on my Facebook feed um, that comes from that essence of like, I am unwilling to hold that multiple truths might be occurring in this situation at the same time. And there's a lot of like, this is the truth. This is my truth. This is what I know to be true. I watched some YouTube videos. I know what's up. I'm aware. I'm woke. I'm seeing the multidimensional aspects of this reality. You're an asshole and you don't know what you're talking about. And why are you so stupid? You know, like, hold on. (laughs) Like, I get it. This is what you believe, or this is what you've figured out in some sort of way, but it doesn't mean that someone else's view or opinion or reality or truth is something that you need to beat up on them over. Um, Even if you don't agree with them, it's, there's like civil discourse that we could engage with in our communities. Um, to that, I want to, um, say like a little segue off of that hallmarks of being a spiritual asshole are thinking that, you know, more than other people, whether or not you actually do like, and I, I will totally admit, I definitely fall into this boat sometimes. Like I, I have told Kat and she has acknowledged to me that I am a little bit like this where like, I am the smartest person in the room 
a bunch of the time. And yet I also know, like, I don't, it's not helpful for me to assume that I am the smartest person in the room. So I try to check myself out of that and know also that there are plenty of other truths that are also concurrent with, with my own experience. And that whatever belief that I have about myself, about being the smartest person in the room, whether or not that's helpful, I do negate that through this opening to other truths and possibility and reality and holding, like not taking anything for granted that I actually know anything at all. Right. And so it's this weird, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Um, Weird balance of like, I'm not presupposing any knowledge I'm presupposing my ability to think critically and to hold multiple perspectives. And that in my mind, that's what makes me the smartest person in the room, whether or not that's actually true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And there was something that you were saying earlier about um, the way that we are sort of engaged, like we're engaging with that empathy and it was about Black Lives Matter. Um, Oh, that so another one that has come up in that in that realm is where we take a spiritual truth you know that we are all one or you know that uh that's that's a good one that we like to use a spiritual truth and we warp our spiritual truths to basically negate someone else's experience their lived experience their felt experience well if we're all one then we're all one so what are you complaining about? Like, we're all one. Aren't we all one? I don't see color because we're all one. And that will mostly come from our white friends and uh, people who haven't had the same level of systemic oppression that other people have had. And uh, this can can come up in a lot of different areas and and so on but this is this is another another thing is where anytime you are taking a spiritual truth and using it to hurt someone else it's now i don't know if it's yeah i don't know what that turns it into but right well it's a distortion right like it is you know i think that's a really good example and Um, I saw something that a friend of mine wrote actually, who, um, you know, she's a a really wonderful person and I trust her opinion about a lot of things. And she was coming clean about saying all lives matter, right? Because she, um, you know, she's vegan. She's very spiritually activated. She's super active in her meditation practice. She's a white woman, right? And she was writing this thing saying like, I used to say all lives matter with a lot of conviction because that is a truth that I, I do hold dear to my heart. And I, you know, I, I believe again, all lives matter. Like I'm not eating animals. I'm not, um, you know, I'm advocating for, for all lives. And so for me, it didn't seem like there was this, or it felt like there was a disconnect to be focusing on black lives matter. But then as soon as I realized the harm that I was inadvertently causing by saying all lives matter, and, um, and then she did, you know, she owned it and she totally changed where she was coming from in that, but it was coming from exactly this, this standpoint of, you know, this spiritual truth of all yes, lives matter. All lives it's matter. true. Yeah. Yes. And we are all one. Yes, that is also true. And yet, you know, it is, it is harmful. It is violent to say that because it is inherently negating the experience of this whole group of people who are having, who have had a 
a very different physical lived experience, a very different lineage and karmic experience in terms of what they're holding from their ancestors and the systemic violence and institutionalized violence that they're experiencing every single day. So mm -hmm. it's not that it's not true. It's just that it is a total asshole move because of the harm that it is perpetuating and, and allowing to continue. Mm -hmm. Which is the same as not all men, <laughs> right? right? We got it. You personally, you man, you conscious spiritual guy, you're not that guy. But when you say that, it negates the lived felt experience of every woman on the planet. So uh, instead of defending yourself it would be nice if you would ally with the people who need a little bit of support right now to reach your level of equity in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you seen, Kat, have you seen the hashtag, like, I don't want your love and light? I think it is. No, I haven't seen yeah. that. I've seen yeah. that in, um, in a handful of places, actually, and I, I really like it. You know, it's um, coming, I feel like the places that I've seen it are primarily um, BIPOC people or speakers or advocates who do education around um, uh, uh, like DEI work, right? So diversity, equity, inclusion work. And so they're educating a lot of white people basically. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of white people who are, you know, tuning into the, the love and light aspect of this and saying like, oh, well, you know, here, you know, I support you and I'm offering you love and light. And and they're saying the hashtag, I don't want your love and light because like your love and light does, isn't doing shit for me right now right. because it's not action. It's not taking a stand. It's not using your platform. It's not using your resources. It's not standing with me as a human. It's this spiritually avoidant tactic of saying, oh, by like, I'm holding this higher frequency. It is my privilege to not be in the protest right. is my privilege to not be more directly involved in this circumstance. So I'm going to send you my love and light. And, and that's another asshole move of thinking that like, Oh, your love and light is, is going to be worth shit. Honestly. Like I, I that's what I want to say is like, how is that worth shit? If you're not also auditing your resources and um, you know, hiring BIPOC people when, when you can or prioritizing um, your funds going to to BIPOC business owners and and voting and protesting and using your platform and using your resources and all of these other things. Like our love and light doesn't mean shit, right? If it's not accompanied with these other things. Well, you know, at the at the essence of all of these things that we've been talking about, there is an avoidance of personal responsibility, and it's like using spirituality, spiritual truths something to really avoid responsibility. And, uh, you know, a lot of times those that are drawn to our spiritual communities, like we're the rebels, we're the black sheep, we're didn't fit into our families quite, you know, right. We don't want to work regular jobs. We are, you know, sort of in this, in this interesting space and while the rebel is an amazing archetype that can get a lot of stuff done and create amazing change, there can also be that aspect of trying to shirk responsibility. And so we all hold that because we are the outliers of this society. We don't actually fit in completely into this society. 
if you go into the regular, normal, everyday world, we are the odd bugs. And so then we've created our own little community, community over here. And we are still operating in some of the lower frequencies of the you know, archetypal energy that we're running that got us here. So that stuff we need to look at and clear, clean up and, and acknowledge within ourselves that, yeah, we've, we've all kind of got that a little bit, um, you know, where we don't want to be told what to do and how to think or what to be, you know, (laughs) all of these things. Um, That's a super important one. I really love that you brought that up, right? You know, looking at, okay, what, what um, subconscious programming are we running simply by virtue of being a member of the spiritual community and how are we living into the light and healthy aspects of that and alchemizing and and coming to terms with and processing uh, the shadow to have that come through in a healthy way. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's easy again to look at, Oh, I'm, I'm more spiritual. I'm more woke. I'm exempt from this type of inquiry. Nope. We're not. Yeah. We're not exempt from it. And it's a real asshole move to think that we are. Yeah. Cause love and light is no different than hopes and prayers. Right. Is that the thing that they get when there's a school shooting? Oh God. Right. Yeah. Right. That we don't, you know, speaking of, Oh God. Right. Yeah. Sending prayers. Right. That's what they get instead of taking action and making change. We have prayers that go for children that are shot in our country. So um, don't be that guy. Like if you look at that and you go, yeah, that's not actually what we should be doing. Then don't do it. And then like under a different guise with different vocabulary, because we have different vocabulary doesn't mean that it's actually a, a better system. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing. Same, same, yeah, thing. It's the same avoidance thing in a different, different package. Um, I want to talk about people being assholes about COVID for a minute. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Yeah. Um, who here is a trained virologist or epidemiologist <laughs> or uh, microbiologist? You are a biologist. I am a biologist, but I, I work at, at like systems biology and macro stuff and animal physiology and behavior. <laughs> right, those, right. those are my, my degrees, right? In, in animal physiology and behavior and um, some stuff in genetics also, and then working on like more systems eco ecosystem stuff, right. but not the micro at all. Right. Right. So crickets, right. That was the point of like, <laughs> well, not me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. People have been assholes about COVID and have used like spiritual, that spiritual love and light is going to protect us. So I don't need to worry about me. Um, I'm healthy. I know about superfoods. I've worked through all my trauma. I work out. I do yoga. So I don't need to worry about me. So why are we wearing masks? (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, I don't know why we give a shit because I'm fine. My immune system is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will be protected by my guides or my guides told me that I'm not getting COVID or something like that. Right? Yeah, totally. Unhelpful people. Unhelpful. It's great. If you believe that, honestly, amazing. More power to you. Please believe in the power of your body, your immune system, that you are an invincible being on this planet. Please allow yourself that amazing vibrational shift into who you are. 
and do everything you can to build your body and your immune system. Yes. Yes. And draw the line at we're talking about it all the time. <laughs> talking about it all the time and shaming people for wearing masks or washing their hands or taking precautions, right? That's where it crosses into asshole behavior. Right. It's saying that like, oh, it is wrong that, that we should wear masks or that we should be mandated to do whatever or, um, or, you know, like I'm not worried about social distancing and I'm having a cuddle party and a massage party and having all these people over for medicine ceremony, right? Like that's asshole territory, people. Yeah. And I know a lot of our community is doing this stuff. And I, I know because I hear about it, our community is gathering. Um, and it's like, yes, you are maybe just risking yourself, but you're not because there's a lot of people in your community who you are risking that are um, in some ways not going to be okay if they get it. And we just don't know. Like, that's the thing about not knowing. You can just not know. You can just not know. And it's okay to not know. And it's okay to give something some space and some time to sort itself out in the unknowingness. Right. Yeah. I would say, you know, if we look at, again, where, um, where is there more likely to be harm, right? If we're purely looking from like a harm reduction standpoint, right? In terms of is it more likely that I will cause harm by wearing a mask and washing my hands and practicing social distancing and not spouting my mouth off to other people? Or is it more likely that I will cause harm by not wearing a mask and not practicing social distancing and potentially you know, coming into contact with people who are exposed? Guess which one is more likely to potentially cause harm, right? So if we're purely looking at it from that perspective, um, you know, it, it is our responsibility to, you know, to like cause as little harm as possible. I hate that I have to say that, right? But that's a thing. And, you know, it doesn't mean don't live your life. It doesn't mean don't do anything at all, right? You know, but be smart about it and be conscious about it. And, and I think most importantly, don't shame other people for taking the precautions that they feel are necessary and safe for them and are aligned with their ability to be in the world. Yeah, because you just don't know. You don't know what someone's experience is. You don't know what their home life is. You don't know anything about most people. So um, it really is the shaming piece, right? And if you're super like, we should be wearing masks all the time and not leaving our house and everything should be shut down, like that's great too. And you don't have to shame people for being, you know, being afraid of vaccines or being afraid of a government rule or any of these things that other people are really concerned about and, and in a little bit of internal crisis over like right. people's yeah. shit is coming up in every direction. People yeah. are scared for their families, for their kids, for their grandparents, for themselves. They're scared for their businesses. They're scared for their income. They're, uh, you know, really concerned about all kinds of things. Dating sucks. It's really hard right now. Like we're all going through it, people, in one way or another. By the time COVID's over, I'm going to have like 10 cats, you guys. Like that's the reality of what's going on because I'm like, well, I guess I can't date. I'm going to get another fucking cat. <laughs> uh-huh. How many cats are in the house right now? Two cats now from one till two today. Today came the second cat. So um, eventually it's just going to be a mess in here. There's going to be cats like, 
and we won't judge you. That's what I'm asking you, not to shame and judge me for becoming a crazy cat lady during COVID because there is nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. All I can do is collect cats and, and you know, build altars in my house. So that's what's going to happen to build altars. Cats are going to knock them down. I'm going to start all over. It's, it's a beautiful life. cycle, right? That's, <laughs> that's what you're doing and I'm doing. Cycle of life. Oh my God. Right. And you're, and I'm doing the, like, I'm working out and being outside all the time and spending time with my dog. Right. Like that's my, my coping situation happening here. Right. But with all of this, I mean, it's possible to be an asshole both ways, you know, and, and I had the uncomfortable position recently of being at family dinner and having like my brother and sister-in-law getting into it with my mom multiple times in pretty much every single family gathering, because my mom is on the, um, you know, the anti-vax and the not wearing a mask. I don't like wearing a mask either, you know. Nobody likes wearing a mask, FYI. (laughs) Right? Like nobody, you know, let's just be real about that. But like not wearing a mask and not, you know, not in a, in a super, it's not like she was going to the store and not wearing one. Right. But just in expressing that those were her viewpoints. And then my brother and sister-in-law, both of whom work in conjunction with the medical field, jumping down her throat about like the shaming and the blaming and the blah, blah, blah. And neither of them I was sitting there and my dad isn't saying anything, right? And so I'm just sitting there listening to like both of them being so strident in their viewpoints and having absolutely no acknowledgement for the truth of what each other are saying. And it took me, it was probably like at the fourth or fifth family dinner that I actually said something because I was just so fed up with it. And I had not said anything up to that point because I was like, I'm not getting involved. This is my birthday. I don't want to go here. Um, Yes, this was happening at my family birthday dinner. It was terrible. Um, but having the experience of like eventually calling, calling everybody out and saying, you know what, like y'all are adults and everyone's going to be making their own decision. And yes, what you're saying is true. And yes, what you're saying is true. And it doesn't make any of us wrong. So let's just acknowledge that there is truth in all of this and stop fighting with each other about it, you know? And that's, it, it, like it was happening in my own family, right? It's, it's happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere. And yeah. I put a post up about this recently where um, my question is, am I, am I just attaching myself to more story and storytelling and convincing and arguing and fighting and needing to be right? Or am I, is where I'm putting my time, attention and energy towards something that is a productive um, either work on myself or creation in the world, doing something positive in the world, doing something beneficial, being a beneficial presence, or working on myself and becoming a better person. Like that's where I'm putting the anchor of where I'm going to stand on all of these things because I can see points of view from every direction. Everybody's somewhat right. And, and I just feel like we are we are such powerful beings. We have so much potential, so much energy, so much that we can offer. And we are wasting so much time and energy on arguing amongst ourselves instead of creating real change and devoting ourselves to things that make us better people, make us happier, more joyful, um, bring more light into our own personal lives, and then give us something to bring to the world. Mic drop. That's how to not be a spiritual asshole. 
let yeah. people have their experiences. Right. They are having the experience that they need to have for their own personal evolution and growth. Mm-hmm. And you shaming them, blaming them, bossing them, criticizing them, making them wrong, calling them stupid is not going to actually shift them. This, that's not how people change. Mm-hmm. Kat, what's your, your motto? I know you've shared it on here before. Every day. Every day and every way I'm getting better and better. <laughs> uh-huh. I've also heard you say it as every day in every way I am becoming a better person. <laughs> so really like that's, that's what you're talking about here is looking at where do we actually have power? right? That's one of the things I want to come back to. And a lot of the, you know, the asshole moments that we've talked about in here are coming from this place of feeling is like, it's trying to extend our power, trying to assert power in an area where we don't actually have any power, right? We have absolutely no power to be in judgment of anybody or in some type of, um, you know, weird energetic dynamic where we are all knowing or all woke and, and all fabulous. No, it's like, we have power here. (laughs) I am the all fabulous. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Uh, I was watching Queer Eye the other day. Where that came from. But the, you know, we have power here in this organism, in this moment, in this experience. And, um, and the best use of our power, the best use of our creative potential is to, to direct all of that internally so that we can be effective in the world around us. That's, I think, one of the big pieces is like a lot of us and and a lot of the people that, again, not trying to be an asshole. Most of the people that we're talking about, like my brother and sister-in-law like and my mom, they're not trying to be assholes to each other. They're sharing this from a place of love and genuine caring about each other and wanting everyone to be safe and healthy in their own way, not trying to cause harm. And that yet they end up coming off as total assholes and making everyone super uncomfortable and tensing everybody up and having this really like kind of shitty experience, right? Same with anyone who, oh, Kat, you were telling me about something that you saw someone post about the channeling. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Someone no. channeled George Floyd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a spiritual asshole move, right? Yeah. Channeling some white lady. <laughs> ah, some light white lady channeled George Floyd and said that uh, we shouldn't be protesting, go home, everything's fine, love and light, right. <laughs> basically. Like, don't protest, don't use That's my not gun. what I want. I don't want my, my, I don't want my death to be used for uh, racial equality, uh, you know, purposes. Right. Um, so that's, yeah. a, that's a spiritual asshole move. Don't do that, okay? If you are receiving information, mm, sit, with, sit with that for a while, ask the question. Is this going to hurt others if I put this information out? Even if it's what you're getting, even if you believe in it 100%, maybe rein that sucker back in and go, no, not today. Not going to do that. Not going to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, you know, take all of that desire that you have for supporting people, right? And because all of this is coming from a desire to, to be a beneficial presence in the world, like I feel pretty confident in saying that right? Mm -hmm. People are offering love and light because they want to help. And again, it's coming through a really distorted way or people are, um, you know, trying to help other people make more money because they want other people to make more money and be more empowered. And yet it's coming through in this really distorted, shamey way. So rather than trying to exert your, 
your influence in this external capacity and, and come off as an asshole by trying to change or fix or somehow make other people wrong. How can we regulate our internal reality so that we can truly be more effective in a way that it tr genuinely is empowering and aligned and working with the principles of energy and of correspondence and love, law of attraction and joy and light and love in a way that is informed and aware of all of the different factors as much as possible of privilege and of in all of its forms and of um you know staying in our lane if you're not an epidemiologist or virologist or like world health professional like stay in your fucking lane and you know don't think that because you read some articles and watched a ted talk on on COVID, you know any more than your next door neighbor who probably read the same articles and, and saw the same ted talk right but looking at where do we actually have power and how can we be as informed as possible of all of the unintended implications of our, um, of our words and our actions and our work in the world and try to be as integrous as possible in being a source of creative, generative, life-affirming action for omnipositive consciousness, meaning like for the benefit of everybody as much as possible. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's how this is, we've, we've had enough. Okay. This is a lot. I think we've been talking for a long time. I have no idea what time we started, but um, yeah. So I guess there's so many ways that we can be a spiritual asshole. So what we want to leave you with is to do your own personal assessment of, am I being a spiritual asshole right now? And maybe write that, <laughs> write that at the top of a page and start looking at ways that you've been in communication with people. If you're feeling triggered, you might be a, a spiritual asshole in that moment. So look at when you're getting triggered by other people. Uh, if you're feeling judgmental, this might be a moment when you could be a spiritual asshole. This is sounding like a, a drug commercial, right? <laughs> Have you experienced symptoms of triggering, of judgment, of wanting to boss other people around? Well, you might just be a spiritual asshole. Right. Talk to your favorite practitioner about how to come into true, authentic alignment of your own empowered self. Side effects may include greater happiness and joy, greater true empowerment and upliftment of others around you, and alignment with your core authentic purpose in this lifetime. <laughs> all right i'm sold yeah yeah so those places being triggered feeling judgmental wanting to educate people um needing to defend yourself feeling your own sense of maybe shame inside that might be a place where we react from a place and start shaming other people uh all of these are different places where we might become spiritual assholes uh, and to start looking at our privilege, look at all of the privilege that you have. Be grateful for all of the privilege that you have. It's been an amazing gift to your life. It's gotten you this far. Isn't it incredible that you've had all of this amazing abundance of gifts that have rained down upon you throughout your lifetime? Be grateful for the privilege and then acknowledge that it is actually privilege and that might inform the way that you communicate and create the conditions for you being a spiritual asshole. Um, and be compassionate to yourself and to others. Get off the internet. Stop. Just stop. 
just stop the internet. Stop, stop, stop. Go outside, take a walk, go get a new cat. You're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. This too shall pass. You don't actually have to comment on it. It's going to be okay. Love that. And you can uh, also further your own education, your own energetic education by tuning into any of the 106 other episodes of our podcast that we have. They're all available on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere that you can think to find a podcast episode, it's probably there. Oh man, we've got so many things that we've already covered and so many, um, you know, so many more topics to go. So please do feel free to like, subscribe and follow us so that you can uh, receive the latest updates of whenever we do put out new episodes and information. We will be getting back on a regular cycle with this now that Kat is settled in her beautiful temple home. And if you do feel inclined to support us financially, we will happily receive that blessing. It does cost us money to produce this podcast and it is our pleasure and our joy to do this work. And if you'd like to support the ongoing endeavors of uh, creating this information, then you can either become a patron of our work at patreon.com slash shaman sister sessions. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash shaman sister sessions. Or you can send us a donation through PayPal to shaman sister sessions at gmail.com using the PayPal as a friend option. We appreciate your support. And uh, any announcements, Kat? Mm. Uh, Five Elements for Empaths starts August 16th, so of 2020, if you're, whenever you see this. Uh, the next lead version will be August 16th, 2020. So if you are interested in Qigong, emotional alchemy, understanding uh, the elements, the five element uh, uh, theory of Chinese medicine and getting some amazing practices and working with me in a group container where you get one-on-one support inside the group um, from me, then I would say get over to my website, katherinebird.com and uh, check out the five elements for empaths. And then I also have my membership, mentorship and training program, Heroes, which is ongoing. You can join anytime. And that is an incredible container to be able to drop in on meditation tools and techniques to develop your practice we're slowly moving into deepening into internal alchemy practices and uh, Qigong standing energy practices, mini courses in there all the time. Uh, lots of interesting stuff and live calls, live support, live practice with me. So those are great ways, affordable ways that you can engage with my work and uh, you know, get your practice together. Let's take this to the next level. Mm -hmm. And both of those are truly amazing. I want to just say total plug for Kat's amazing work. Heroes is awesome. Um, you'll see me in there. And uh, as far as working with me goes, I do have space for one or two one-on-one -on -one clients. If you would like to come into some deep work with me, then uh, I am opening up space for one or two people now at this time. So you can go ahead and either send me an email or apply through my website, joyofenergy.com. And uh, the focus of that work would be some deep dive work into embodiment and translation of your energy, all the practices that you already have, how to make you more effective, more aligned, and translating that through the body in conjunction with rewilding. So it's called Embody Wild, working with embodiment rewilding principles um, of shamanism and alchemy to 
through transformation, through you and through your life in the way that it is asked, is being asked for. So if you'd like to do that, again, through my website, joyofenergy.com, you can apply there or send me an email and we'll get the conversation rolling. Amazing. Thanks, Michelle. It's so good to be back on the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Nice to see you and we'll see you next time.